0: Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Friday, July 28th, 2023. I'm your host for today, Gina Leahy, a real estate and finance attorney from Philadelphia. In today's episode, we have yet another person learned not to mess with Taylor Swift, MasterCard says consumers can no longer use its debit cards to purchase marijuana products, a case over how long it takes to microwave mac and cheese, and the big cheese finds himself in more legal trouble. Let's do what you do when you did what you did to me and dive into today's legal news. Why don't you do what you do when you did what you did? On this day in legal history, July 28th, 1868, Secretary of State William H. Seward declared the ratification of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, granting citizenship to former slaves and protecting due process of law and equal protection of laws in the United States. The journey to ratification of the 14th Amendment was a difficult one. Many southern states recently defeated in the Civil War and undergoing the Reconstruction period were initially opposed to the amendment, largely because of its implications for the rights of freed slaves. However, the Republican-controlled Congress passed the Reconstruction Acts, which made the ratification of the 14th Amendment a prerequisite for the readmission of the southern states to the Union. As the Secretary of State, Seward was responsible for officially announcing when constitutional amendments were ratified by the necessary number of states and thereby became a part of the Constitution. On July 20th, 1868, Seward initially announced that the 14th Amendment had been ratified by the necessary three-fourths of the states. However, there was some controversy as two states, Ohio and New Jersey, that had initially ratified the amendment subsequently voted to rescind their ratifications. To remove any doubt about the amendment's validity, Congress passed a resolution on July 27th declaring that three-fourths of the states had indeed ratified the amendment. The next day, on July 28th, Seward issued an official proclamation confirming the ratification. The ratification of the 14th Amendment marked a major milestone in American history, establishing equal protection under the law and due process as constitutional rights, as well as setting the stage for future advancements in civil rights. Seward's declaration on July 28, 1868 cemented this momentous change in the U.S. Constitution. Teresa Ladart, an author who accused singer Taylor Swift and her production company of infringing on the copyright of her 2010 book Lover, has voluntarily dropped her lawsuit. Ladart had claimed that Swift's 2019 album Lover and its accompanying book used its title and several creative elements from her work leading to a suit in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Tennessee. The lawsuit, which sought over $1 million in damages, was dropped after mediation proceedings, details of which remain undisclosed. Swift's legal team had moved to dismiss the lawsuit prior to mediation, arguing it lacked a legitimate claim. Swift has previously successfully defended herself against multiple copyright claims. MasterCard, Inc. has instructed banks and payment processors to discontinue marijuana transactions through its debit cards. The company's decision to prohibit pot purchases using PIN debit cards on its network aligns with their policies and is a consequence of the ongoing federal illegality of marijuana, despite its legalization in many U.S. states. The move presents challenges for companies facilitating pin debit payments for cannabis and limits options for consumers. The shutdown is considered a victory for banks and credit card companies keen on maintaining strict anti-money laundering and fraud control measures. The decision follows earlier issues for digital payment solutions that cater to the cannabis industry, including difficulties with cashless ATMs. The crackdown leaves cannabis companies seeking alternatives and heightens the risks for dispensaries that may need to handle increased volumes of cash transactions. A federal judge dismissed a lawsuit against Kraft Heinz & Co. in which the company was accused of misleading consumers about the preparation time of its Velveeta microwavable macaroni and cheese. The plaintiff, Amanda Ramirez, argued that the company's claim that the product is ready in three and a half minutes was deceptive, as it didn't account for time to remove the lid, add water, and stir in the cheese sauce. However, U.S. District Judge Beth Bloom found that Ramirez lacked standing to pursue the proposed $5 million class action lawsuit or to compel Kraft Heinz to change its packaging. Judge Bloom stated that Ramirez had not demonstrated that she couldn't eat or even attempted to prepare the product or that it was fundamentally flawed. Furthermore, the judge dismissed the possibility of future injury as Ramirez now understands the three and a half minute claim refers solely to the microwave time. Former President Donald Trump has denied any wrongdoing following the addition of new charges related to his handling of security tapes from his Mar-a-Lago resort. Prosecutors have alleged that Trump ordered resort employees to delete the security videos, a claim Trump denies. In an interview, Trump stated that he wasn't obligated to hand over the tapes, but did so anyway. Additional charges were filed against a resort maintenance worker, accusing him of aiding Trump in document concealment and lying to the FBI. Despite these charges, Trump, the current frontrunner for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination, vowed to continue his campaign, even if convicted and sentenced. Thanks so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than minimum competence, links to further reading on all of the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, find us on Mastodon on the ESQ.social instance. i I'm at Gina and my co-host Andrew is at Andrew. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and do not represent those of any organization we may be affiliated with. Nothing here should be construed as legal advice because it isn't. Reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find our show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review on your podcast player, we'd appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in a story we cover, consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is available at minimumcomp.com and wherever you get your finely crafted podcasts. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And until then, remember, as Jermaine Jackson once said... Had we known that the price that we would have to pay for this success, we would have never wanted it.